When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Another week, another question, another drama. What's going on with Carter Hart? Is the sweepstakes for Dart finally here in full effect? Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 136. There we go. I can talk. Episode 136 of Orange and Back Check. Thank you so much for joining us. Orange and Back Check at gmail.com. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. TikTok, too. We had a nice little bump in our views on TikTok I saw uh, when I was prepping for today. So give us a shout on TikTok if you have not already followed us. So. Give us a follow there. Um, fun week, Scott. A fun week as always, because it wouldn't be Christmas if the Flyers didn't give us a nice little crappy gift right at the right at the start of the holiday season. Well, before I get into anything, Merry Christmas to you and your family, Bill. Merry Happy Hanukkah, you as people well, who celebrate, and uh, Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, happy holidays to everybody out there. That's the most important thing this week. Uh, you know, it, it, it's weird. It, last night, I, I couldn't I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I watched an old movie that you'd probably be surprised that I watched. I don't know. I just I needed to find a movie to got to get me to sleep, and I kind of stayed up for. Did uh, you ever see um, Good Luck Chuck? Dane oh Cook yeah, with Dane Jessica Cook Emma? and uh, yeah. Jessica. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, and you know that's what? right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So like you know, it happens. Like, that's he's hilarious. Like, he's so, the good luck charm. Yeah, he's the a good luck charm. Part is, I thought you were gonna go like I watched a Wonderful Life. I watched Miracle on Forty Second Street. You went with Good Luck. Ch- yeah, I went with I Good Luck it. Chuck. Yeah, I mean, I watched the Christmas Story and all that, but I watched Good Luck Chuck, and when Good Luck Chuck got me thinking, like, I really hope that if the Flyers move on from Chuck Fletcher at some point, the next one is actually the one that'll actually get yeah. a Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's what was thinking in my mind when I was watching it. Literally, that's a great like, point. Yeah, because yeah, because I think, and you're gonna we'll touch on this uh, later. Like the World Juniors are going on right now. Cutter Gutierrez is like the prime guy for Team USA, or one of the prime guys for Team USA trying to make an impact there. Um, and he's a Chuck Fletcher draft pick. I mean, Cam York is a Chuck Fletcher draft pick. He's got, he, and we've said this a couple of times from comparing his tenure here at Minnesota to here, like he does decent uh, in getting a draft uh, scouting department together and finding good talent. It's just executing and calling up that talent at the right time to make a serious impact. So you're right. I think that's that, that, Good luck, Chuck, might be a perfect example of what we need here in Philadelphia. Yeah. And yeah, I also feel nice. like we've been saying that since the days of Bobby Clark as the GM slash president, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, correct, correct, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? Here's the way I look at it. You know, the, the, this this is now with, you know, this past week, you 
You, you, you beat Columbus, which is good. You should beat them because you're above them in the standings. Um, but then you had, you know, you were down 4-1 against Toronto. And you came back and battled back within that one, which is good. And then being down big to Carolina, losing Carter Hart, and still almost battling back to win. There's still some pretty good things with this team that, you know, you can keep um you can keep a look at, like, you know, the little tiny things. And I think that, you know, one of the things that people are missing is that, you know, you're looking at the score and John Tortorella even said, like, you know, you can't look at the scores with these things. Like, yeah, it looks like it's frustrating because they're losing by one or two goals. But the biggest thing is that you're seeing that perseverance that this team is working to come back. They don't they they know they're behind the eight ball. They know they don't have the skill, but they, they they're not going to be outworked. And like if it's like a five one win or four one, you're clearly for the most part outworked in those types of games. But, you know, when you lose them by when you're winning, you know, we'll lose them by a goal. You know, in two games where you were down big and you battled back, that says a lot about this team, and it's a, it's a positive development. That's honestly opinion. where we have drawn the line here in the sensing the realities of the team from last week's episode of Chuck, uh, Chuck Fletcher and and John Tortorella. Like, it, despite the losses, Tortorella sees a lot of positives and can build off what who wants to stay here, who wants to make an impact here long term. Kevin Hayes, we'll get into in a in a bit here with that drama. Um, but like, you're right. What will make this season salvageable in the sense of there's something here is how this team responds after the bad 20 minutes, 25 minutes between the first and second periods and how they respond in the third period. And for the most part, they respond pretty damn well. They are definitely a a thorn in the paw of these teams to like really close out because when you see that sense, especially Carolina, where you're up five one six one whatever it was, Sam Urson got got rocked, and then he had to unfortunately go back into the game after being pulled initially on his NHL debut or his NHL debut with the Flyers. Like that, that is a mental shift that none of us can really prepare for, like like average humans. So it, it's it's a testament to what Tortorella can do, and we'll get into the negatives of what I think. We're seeing not not negatives, but like what the mentality of torts can do uh, in the relationship with the media. Uh, We're already seeing that, obviously, that we've touched on that. But staying on what the focus of the week is, you did go one oh and two like but you had a nice win, like you said, against Columbus, who you should beat. um, You're one two and oh, actually one two and oh, right. So so, So six points available. They got two, which for this team right now where they're at, that's not bad. It's really not. I hate to say it. It's not bad. No, and and that's exactly what you kind of anticipate this season. So, like, the drama after – the big question mark is what the hell is going to happen with Carter Hart? And yeah. nothing – we'll speculate. That's really all we can do at this point at the timing of this recording. Um, we're still in that holiday break for the NHL. You can't even make a trade up until uh, – well, by the time you're listening to this episode, there is a there, – the trade deadline will be – or not the trade deadline. Trades will be, become more active. We'll probably get an update on what Carter Hart's status is. Um, if I were to guess, I mean, first off, that game against Carolina was a roller coaster because, like I said, uh, you, you, Sam Urson, you, you expect you high expectations from him. Felix Sandstrom wasn't winning you a lot of games, so you give give another kid a chance. Um, yeah, and then he gets pulled because, look, I don't think it was his fault up in maybe one goal. I think the fourth goal was really probably wanted that one back. Um, I'll defer to you uh, for the most part on that evaluation. But like, 
it was more just like just to save his own skin, oh, save his number, save it, send a message to the to the team. I mean, it's at, at that point when guys getting his first NHL start. Yeah, at that point, you know, anything that happens, you're you're just trying to get the kid out of there. And and think about it too. If Sandstrom's been in, Sandstrom's out with the illness, so really it was more or less to give Carter Hart a break, not so much to give Urson a start. So you know, and that's especially against a team like Carolina, who's really good. Correct. Yes. So, I mean, you know, you're coming off that situation where you're in a back-to-back, you travel, you go from Toronto to Carolina. Toronto is, you know, a, you need Carter Hart in a game like Toronto. You don't need Carter Hart in a game like Carolina. Don't get me wrong, you need them in both, but you're not going to play him back-to-back like that when it's, at this point, meaningless. But the way I look at it is that, you know, when when you pull a guy like that at his first initial start, it's merely to get the team going because you're not doing everything right. And you saw what happened that sends the message. It wasn't that Carter Hart went back in because even after Carter Hart got hurt, they were battling back still. So it's like not because Urson playing poorly. It's because he needs to get a team a jump. And sometimes that, yeah, back to back, every team goes through it. So that's the key. I, I, I look at it. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting and we'll talk about it here. But first, DraftKings Sportsbook is the official Partner and sponsor of this episode, along with the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into even bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets, which like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot for at an even bigger payout. I mean, each game I feel like has been the over for these last couple of games with the Flyers. So combine that with the money line of the opposing team. Maybe you want to find an upset special with the Flyers. Take a chance. Same game parlay. T- promo code THPN on uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Get your five dollars free pregame money line there download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use promo code THPN bet five dollars on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details Scott the only question I'm going to ask you if Carter Hart is out say two months Say he's not back until March. What is the status of this team at that point? Oh, man. I mean, listen, no disrespect to either goaltender, but you're not getting through the season the rest of the way with Felix Sandstrom and Sam Merson. You're this just is not. Fe- you're, this is the fear we had. Exactly. We, this we, is why you need a veteran backup for yep. a guy who can't play more than 45 games in the NHL. No, and Listen, Carter's on his game. He's playing great. Carter's not played more than 45 games in a season. He's not. And and that's the that's the problem is that now you don't have a guy. You have two goalies who are going to have to come in here and kind of battle each other for starts, which isn't a bad thing, but there's Sandstrom's played enough games this year where he had he's had to make a save or two in order to try to win the game for the team. And I haven't seen that from yet him yet. Maybe this is going to be a good test for him, but even so Sam Merson, you know, you need more from Sam Merson too. So I it's it's a bit of a problem. It really is a bit of a problem. Yeah, I, I mean, look, this is the risk you take when you don't want to spend the salary money on veteran backups like Martin Jones or Brian Elliott of that of that ilk, uh, and just lean on Carter Hart the entire time, um, because all of a sudden now you're throwing 
trial by fire for two young keepers that are not ready for this. Like they're, and that's just how it is. Like Carter Hart is the exception to the rule more than how the rule is played out because Carter Hart is a very, very good goalie on the cusp of great slash elite. Like he's on the cusp of that. He's been playing at elite level this year. We've been waiting for this season really for the last probably season and a half, two seasons for the most part. So now that he's going to be down and I don't want to give him the, the, the label of injury prone. I'm not ready to go to that point yet. That terrifies me to put him at that point, but also he's not injury prone. It's not injury prone thing. It's just that he needs to play more games to really establish himself as an elite player in this. Yeah, this is, and, and look, this injury was also a freak injury. I don't know. I don't know what Rasmus is looking for in that check that he made into the Carolina player. It's a bang, bang play. It's a bang, bang play, a push off off the post one side to the other. You don't expect that to happen. You're just, you're, you're riding off the, you're riding off the player as a defenseman. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to drive him away from the net, a bang, bang play. You could see Carter as he's getting pushed off. He, as he pushes off from the left side and goes in that butterfly slide, he makes contact with the head. Um, and it just, yeah, right, missed the line and pushed it into him, but it was bang, bang. That's what it was. And, and that's, that, that, that's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate incident, but that's part of the game. So you can't see, I keep, people can't blame Ristolainen for this. Like you can't no, say, Oh, it's your I, fault. I, like I'll admit, like I was tweeting uh, that night. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, come on, be, be more just heads one up. thing after another. That's yeah, what the frustrating that's really thing is. What it's it's, is. A, it's and like, frustration. We're talking about a guy in Rasmus that also got his first point of the year um, on that night as well. So it's like, it's well, just made immense. He made immense. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks for the <laughs> six, five loss. Thanks for the contribution. Uh-huh. But like, it's just one of those things. Like I Carter Hart was the only player. Like you really looked forward to seeing night in and night out. That's why I think they were riding him so hard because of how good he was playing. Um, and you just kind of finally had to give him the night off uh, against Carolina. And then you had to put him in. So, and then look what happened. And you're like, what the hell? Like, this is this is just how our luck's going. Um, so if he is out for because it's pro, they're just we don't know any update. The, like, because the season is in more is in this holiday break until tomorrow. By the time you're listening, it, it's today. Um, it's just, oh, man, like if he's out for two months, there's nothing else to look forward to. No, like, I, like, no, it, there really isn't. And the, honestly, there's not. The only thing left is to just watch the post game press conferences because that'll be the most entertaining part 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 of these games. Um, with the Kevin Hayes drama that will the the, the last of the Kevin J, uh Kevin James Kevin <laughs> Kevin Hayes the, the actor yeah and comedian uh the Kevin Hayes drama is not has not gone away. This is not the last time that we're going to hear of it. Um. So Carter Hart just being a guy that we really leaned on and just now probably out for the foreseeable future because I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's a concussion based on how that hit landed. I'm guessing a concussion. Um, If I remember correctly, he skated off on his own power. Uh, didn't really need any too much assistance in that. Yeah, or some sort of shoulder or something along those lines. Yeah, and, and but again, and that's just a bang-bang play like you said, but... Again, it just piles up and it's very, very frustrating. And, and that's like, the key. I, and that's the thing is it's just one thing after another. Like, you know, this team gets a little bit of a bright, like a bright spot. And then bang, they're back down again. And it just that's what sucks about it. But the, but listen, if you're a, if you're a guy that is all about 
suck for Bedard, get increase those ping pong balls like in the NHL. Uh, I guess you're in a good spot. You're already a team. You're already a team that is second to last in the Eastern Conference, uh, in, in uh, just above Columbus, who you beat uh, the the game before. And they're just underperforming at this point. They're a minus forty six, but they've been banged up by injuries. They lost Zach Rowenski. Their goaltending hasn't been great. I guess it's not a bad thing that Johnny Gaudreau didn't come here at all. I was going to say I don't think Johnny Gaudreau certainly saw this outcome for his tenure, no. early tenure uh, down in Columbus or no. out in Columbus. No, I don't. I don't think so either. How many points does he have? But to be here? like, but. Honestly, for for so someone for someone like in my in my shoes or in my thirty four points point yeah. per game player, but he's a minus sixteen. But so, so. But for someone like myself who has just been all about you got to lose as much as you can while trying to keep us entertained, I'm fine with this. Like I'm, I'll, I'll be entertained. I'll find a way to be entertained. I'll I'll watch the Sixers. I'll watch the press game uh, post game press conferences with with Tortorella. Uh, I'll watch the highlights, but like. This it's is tough. I, it's tough. And now that like the path to Bedard is set, because even if he's out for two months, even if he's out for uh, the entire season, you're you're setting the groundwork for one of the the top five worst records in the NHL right now. Well, and that's, and that's, that's a, a good thing. And that's saying, well, it, well, I mean, it depends on how you look at it, too, because here's the problem with the tank for Debar, uh, Bedard thing that, you know, here here's here's what frustrates me, because. Out of the t- bottom five, uh, bottom six teams in the league, four of them are from the Western Conference. Yeah, okay? isn't that weird? It's it, so it, it's weird. It's extreme, and in the most part, they're they're let's see, because you have three of them in one division, and and I think that's and here's the here's the problem that the NHL is going to have is that the the worst team in the league is Chicago. Okay. But yet again, Chicago went through this twenty years ago, and that's what I'm saying. So Chicago said that, but. Chicago has just come off where they've won three cups in the last 10 years. I'm sorry, 12 years. Excuse me. They won three cups in the last 12 years. They still have two Hall of Fame players on their roster and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Uh, they had Duncan Keith for the longest time. They had Brent Seabrook for the longest time. They had a lot of good players come through there. I think they figured out last year that they knew that they were, and that's why they got rid of Debrinket. That's why they get rid of Flurry. that this is a team that, you know, they, they need to rebuild from the ground up. Yeah, it's a big market, but the other markets that are out there are Anaheim, Columbus, Arizona, and San Jose. Yeah. And I think the NHL's got a major problem on its hands. It's because the worst team in the East that's big market is Philadelphia. Like that's that's it. And they're 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 six from six from the bottom, 27th place in the NHL. Here's the problem I have. Bedard cannot go to a Western Conference team. He he, he can't. Just flat out. Well, listen, just he can't go to a Western Conference team. Like, I, and I'm not saying this as a as a homer guy. I'm saying this as a hockey fan. Like, honestly, like I'm not saying this as someone who's doing a podcast on the Flyers. And here's my argument with that. That's certainly a, a, a nugget, though. Well, small, small not nugget. a small nugget, but no, it has bigger implication <laughs> to the league than you think. It has a bigger. No, and, I, and honestly, I know where you're going with this. I'll let wait, you continue. Well, here's the thing: was who is your where's your biggest stars in the NHL? Who's your biggest? Who's your best player in the league? Well, it's it, well, unlike if you listen to the what was it two episodes ago, I said Kale McCarr, but it's obviously Connor McDavid. Right. Okay. You mentioned Kale McCarr. Where's Kale McCarr? Yeah, they're both in the Western Conference. They're both in the Western Conference. Yeah. That's the point. So all the biggest stars right now are in the Western Conference. So you have guys like Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle, Kale McCarr. You have Nathan McKinnon out there in the West. You have Jack Eichel out there, who's still a big name player. You have Alex Petrangelo. You have you know. Um, other players, you know, Trevor Zagros, you have Troy Terry. Those are bigger names that are come up that are younger guys. 
You still have Jonathan Quick out there. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, you, know, you said him with Chicago. <clears throat> Patrick Kane is still a big name. Despite yeah, and being so is the- Jonathan Taves. And yeah. they're both in the Western Conference. Yeah. And here's the problem the league is going to run into if the, you know, the tank for Bedard thing, if Bedard doesn't come east. You know, it happened with the Rangers a couple years ago where a team came down and got, you know, they got when they got Lafreniere. But here's the issue. If Bedard goes out west, say less than five years from now, when Bedard's going to be in his mid or getting ready to bring that in the early 20 stage, like 23, 24. Guess who's going to be out of the Eastern Conference? Guys like Alex Ovechkin, guys like Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Patrice Bergeron probably be retired by then. We don't know about Brad Marchand because he's in his early 30s. He could be in his late 30s by then. Or definitely on the back nine. Unless you have some hockey moves there. You're going to have no star power in your biggest markets. Your biggest market's going to be Toronto, and that's if you can keep Austin Matthews there. I've it's- always been a fan, like, and maybe this is the, the to the, your bigger point, but, like, I've always been a fan of what how the NBA is structured, where it gives a lot of power to the players. Now, you can argue that there might be too much power shifted to the players to force trades, like James Harden is the example that comes to my mind, obviously, because we're in Philadelphia. But he was on, he's been on three different teams in two years. Like, that's pretty significant. You don't see that in the NHL. So, like, when the pending lockout, because the next one's coming down the pike, I think in 2028 or whatever the case may be, whatever the number is. So, like, more power for the players is always a good thing, as long as it's in balance or, in like, make it somewhat balanced in a way. But... It, I'm all for these players like McDavid, like McCarr. I mean, McCarr's not leaving Colorado. You just came off a championship uh, Stanley Cup last season. But like to your bigger point, Western players able to say, I want to go East because of the bigger market appeal, the better skill appeal, better fan base appeal in some markets. Like that should be advantageous to them. That should be presented to them in a way to get them back here. If to your point, the Flyers don't win Bedard, who currently are the biggest market in the bottom six, so or bottom seven. So, yeah, I'm totally for giving power to more player, pow, more power to the players to force these kind of trades to get them east, because I think they are more beneficial being in the east. Not saying the West is like f it, you don't deserve L.A. or whatever, whatever it, Ottawa or excuse me, um, Edmonton or anybody like that, but. Yeah, the, it's very top heavy in the in the West, and the East is is just older, on the verge of retiring, and there's nobody in the wings basically. And that's the issue at that, the that, moment. That, we'll see yeah, what happens. Right, agreed. And who's to say that Cutter Gochi won't come in and be a monster in the NHL? You don't know that yet. But the point is, is that a guy like Connor Bedard is that you had all the top picks that are big names go out in the Western Conference. You have Nathan McKinnon. You had Matt Duchesne go out there when he was a higher draft pick. Yeah. Um, let's go. The last one that really had here was, was Sidney Crosby. I mean, you don't have any big names. A generational talent with like Conrad David out there, too. Like, you can't, you know, Jack Eichel, he was number two in that draft behind behind McDavid. Like, you know, you, you, you have to understand is this is what people forget that the gates are what drive the revenue for the NHL. Now, I understand people don't look at the business side of it, but when you have bigger names, say you ended up in a place like Minnesota. Okay, Minnesota's not a big revenue driver in the, for league. It's a, it's a bigger market, but it's not a huge market. I mean, that's they wouldn't have moved from Dallas in the first, to move to Dallas in the first place 30 years ago, 30, same 40 to, years same ago. With, same with Detroit. Like Detroit, the ho- despite being hockey town USA or whatever the hell they call themselves, 
they haven't been good in 20 years. Like, or, I, 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 I won't give them that. That that's too long. But they haven't been good for a long time. They've been like, good they, for about for close to 10 years now. But they haven't been great because they've been rebuilding. And that's the thing is that it takes that long. And but here's, but it, and, that, and that's the thing. And not to continue this rant. But the problem I have with this is that we, people don't understand is that when you don't look at it from that perspective, it's okay. When you're at East, besides just you know having a big name out there working in a big market, w- what does that leave for that player? Well, that leads to marketing opportunities. Sorry, nobody from New York is really going to give a shit if Connor Bedard's out in Anaheim. They're not staying at 10 o'clock to watch those games. You're missing out on Connor McDavid's best years right now. You're missing out on Leon Dreisettle. I understand there's the internet and the streaming, but the whole point of the league, if you can't get people in the gates, is to get the eyeballs on the TV and the advertising revenue. That's not there. When you And that's the problem is when you only have when he comes east to each city once a year, that's not enough. If you have it where you have your best players, that's why, like, the rivalry between the Flyers and the Penguins has been prevalent for all those years. It's because of Crosby. Like, Philadelphia people and fans hate Sidney Crosby. And that's why they go to the game, because they want to boo him. But he's a driver, okay? Same with Washington. Like, Pittsburgh and Washington, Crosby and Ovechkin. It's that rivalry, two generational stars. It always drives revenue. It drives the numbers. Even, it's not even the rivalries anymore for Ovechkin's case, like because they're they're dormant in terms of like the 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 getting up for the rivalry. Now for Ovechkin's case, Ovechkin's case, you're going in the gate because oh my god, I might be witnessing witnessing history. He just cro- He just became the second yeah. all time goal scorer in yeah. the NHL. He just yep. passed Gordy Howe. Yeah, like He'll, how big of a deal is that? It's huge. It's like, huge. He, all he has left is the great one, Wayne Gretzky. And like, he's going to do it. And he's, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. I think. I think. It's uh, I don't know. Maybe two seasons from now. But I yeah. Think oh, yeah. Maybe two seasons. He's like 68, 70. No, away. he's like he's like 90 goals away. Oh, is it that much? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's at, yeah, he's at yeah. 804. Wayne yeah. ended at like 892. 892. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's two seasons away. But still, like, that's awesome. Like, I'm going to try and go to as many. Flyers Washington games over the next two years because Correct. of that because you I'll, might see it like yeah. you know I've seen Ovechkin in person and it's one of the best experiences ever the guy just shoots he's a great shot but that's but that's the point like you see what I just did there we just talked about a generational talent but he's on the back nine of his career chasing a record you know what happens in five years when Ovechkin's not here anymore what's the draw for Washington what's the draw for Pittsburgh what's the draw for the Rangers like the Rangers overall have a decent team but even so, like, well, what's we'll a draw? What what's I, a draw for Boston? We are Boston's a big question mark with New York, maybe Lafreniere, but like you, have, maybe, maybe Ski, he skates through skate mud, he skates yes, through molasses, as you say. So like, <laughs> they have Shesterkin, so they're in good shape. Shesterkin is so, good, but it, but I think there's a major like, uh, uh, Mark, uh, Martin Brodeur, greatest goalie, one of the greatest goalies in the NHL history, but he's a goalie. It's not as sexy as a goal scorer like Ovechkin. And like that's 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 like you can appreciate a guy like Brodor or Shesterkin as as he builds up his career because Shesterkin is very good. Not saying before I get screamed at by our listeners, not saying Shesterkin's going to be the next Martin Brodor, but he is still appealing because he's so good. But it's not sexy. It's not goal scoring. That's why soccer is not big. It's not why hockey is not as big as it should be in the United States. There's not goal if it's not goal scoring, it's there's nothing really to build off of. So 
Uh, and that's the and, and, and that's the and problem. To your point, Zegers, and, he can, I mean, Bedard can't go west. He cannot go yeah. west. To your point, like Cutter Gutier might be one of those generational talents, but the generational talent we're talking about is the guys that are coming out of the draft and immediately being plugged into their NHL teams and making an impact. Because that's what we've seen since McDavid, since Crosby, since Ovechkin. These guys made immediate impacts. They didn't need to go down to juniors college for a year or two to build up their strength, to build up their skill sets. They had it already. You knew how special it was, and you just flew with it. And you know what's funny, Bill? You know, here's here's the funny thing about it. You know, I went back, like, earlier this week, and I watched some old, like, Flyers games, like 1990s Flyers games. And I remember watching it, and I was like, because some of them are on YouTube, and I was watching it, like, damn, the game was so different back then. Like, it was just different. The goaltenders were all standing up. Like, you know what I mean? There's a lot of clutching and grabbing. But – there was always that drama, especially with the the Flyers. There was always the, the pretty passing plays, all that stuff. There wasn't so much the speed as there is today, but they had star power. And, you you know, like when you're watching a game between the Flyers and Raiders, you're like Lindros versus Gretzky and then Mark Messier's on the ice. Like, dude, that's absolutely sick. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I love watching that because you're seeing three legendary players on the ice at the same time. Like, there there isn't enough of that in today's game it's it's so watered down especially in the eastern conference that there isn't that pull anymore like the usual and that's the thing is like you're asking you know you, i know you're thinking like you went and watched an old flyers and a game like, i didn't want to say yeah it. yeah but yeah but it was neat because like you know they have a game between the flyers and and stars yeah it ended in a 1-1 tie back in 1999 but it was a great game to watch i'm sitting there like damn like every chance on goal was like oh my god they're gonna score like it just it was just because, like, you had, like, John Van Beesbrook at one end. You had Ed Belfort at the other end. And they were both really, really good in that game. And you're battling for ice. But you had it with big names back then, like Mike Madonna against Eric Lindros. And you had it against John LeClaire. And you had, you know, like, Richard Matfichuk, who was a very neighbor. You know, like, I, I know players like that. And I'm sitting there, like, and Eddie Belfort. The, the, the whole point of my whole thing about him going out west is that there isn't enough pull in the Eastern Conference to get those kind of marquee matchups anymore. Because back then, it wasn't about like Eric Lindros versus like Mike Madonna. It was the Flyers who were a really good team and the Stars who were a really good team. And watching them clash was like a, a tense, tense battle. It doesn't, it, it, because they had a lot of different players on their team. They were overall good teams. The, my, my whole point about the, the, you know, to wrap it up here is that if he winds up going out West, people are going to miss a lot of that. Because, you know, if he's on a team like Anaheim, they have some stars. And Anaheim will be a good team. But there are going to be some battles out West between Vegas and, and San Jose. and all. The, but people are going to miss it. And they're only going to see it once a year here. And it's not good for the NHL at all because it doesn't drive enough revenue. It won't cause a salary cap to go up, which cause at the end of the day is that everything's going to stay stagnant. People are going to wonder, well, why aren't these teams getting better? The league's getting better because the owners are taking 50%. The players are taking 50% and it's not working in the league's favor. And you can't market players and market people and push people to the stadiums and the seats because there's not enough of that star power there to really grab people's attention like the way they used to do it and when everybody was scattered about in the 90s. So you should advocate, should we start the advocation of the NHL rigging this thing so the Flyers get Bedard? And I'm not saying rig it Come to get on, the Flyers I, it. I, I no, no, listen, I'm thing. not, not going to lie to you. Cold envelopes and all. <laughs> no, no, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. If you ended up in a, like, a, play, a place like um, 
like that even like Florida or not like let's see how many how many teams are at the bottom of the Eastern Conference? I'm telling you, it's uh, not many. Like you no, said, no, it's not. The Ottawa, Montreal, Florida. God, Florida. You don't need to go to Florida. But all the two teams are Buffalo like up again, top. Yeah, Boston, Buffalo's, Carolina, Toronto, yeah. New Jersey, Dallas, Pittsburgh. You know, the Rangers, that's all top 10 It's funny, right isn't it? Like, we just talked about how, like, they're very top-heavy in terms of their NHL talent superstardom in the rest, West, but they also have some really bad teams at the same time. Correct, correct. So it's, it's, a, it's a weird imbalance that you have going on because Eastern Conference teams are good, but they don't have that marketable star anymore outside and of Crosby. And that's what bingo. your main point is. That's what bingo. your main point is. Yeah. These teams are good, but no one understands really why because it's so evenly spread out. For the average fan, they don't have someone to say, that's why that team is really good because of the Crosby, because of Ovechkin. And for instance, like when like ESPN back in the day, like, and this is one of the things that like I it popped up when I was watching the other day, like you come up like on, it's on ESPN two, like the old school ESPN two with the blue ticker at the bottom and the weird font. And like you're watching that and they're doing a little five minute feature on Eric Lindros. Like they're on the ice with somebody promoting him and talking to him and showing clips of him. And they're doing it with other players too. Like bring about like Paul coffee, like a legendary guy, like Paul coffee. Like, you know, people that your younger fans today probably don't remember a guy like Paul coffee, but I certainly do. And you can show my age a little bit, but people <laughs> like, and especially with fans, the flyers fans, the 80s, Paul coffee was an enemy of this, of, of the franchise because of what he did in the flyers in the eighties in the finals. You know, the point is, is that you, you get them together and you get to talk to them and, and you get to know them. And they did a lot more insight with the players and, that, and the good marketing that way to know what kind of team you were having and get people excited about it. I just feel like it doesn't happen anymore. I don't know if it's just because of the, the, because I don't know if it's because of the way the internet is nowadays, but you know, it's, it's kind of, it kind of sucks to see that, that there aren't doing those little things. They only do them on a per team basis. Like it's a niche thing. It's not a league thing. And and that's a bigger problem with that. They, they the league doesn't do a good enough job. The teams do, but people aren't from like Carolina aren't going to go on Minnesota's feed and watch it. You know what I mean? And watch something like that. That's the key. The league needs to get better at doing that. And having a guy out west like that is not going to get it done. He's got to go east. Uh, wrapping this episode up, the final thing that we got to dive into is the drama of Kevin Hayes and John Terrell again. Uh, it's been a while. A lot of stuff has happened since we last spoke about this. Obviously, the last time we spoke, he was scratched for that Rangers game. Uh, he came back for Columbus. Uh, I think he played pretty well. It looked like he, he got but obviously they won that game as well. Uh, but the big thing was before the game, I think it might have been Monday or Tuesday of that week. Uh, Kevin Hayes comes out, speaks to a reporter and said, I didn't think I deserved to be benched, but he's the play. I'm the player. He's the coach. I just listen to what he does. And then Torts at the post-game press conference uh, is asked a question. It was not Sam Karshidi. I know that for a fact. The guy that Torts certainly has uh, a thing with. I don't know what to make of that. Um, but it was someone, another beat reporter, asked him, what's going on? What did, you, what did you think of Kevin Hayes' play against Columbus tonight? And Torts just dismisses the, the question, says, I'm not going to talk about Kevin Hayes' play. Uh, you guys, for whatever reason, are trying to pit him against me and me against him. And that's just totally ridiculous, totally ludicrous, something like that. Um, never a dull moment. I mean, honestly, no, it, never. it will never be a dull moment here. This is the not the last time that we have seen this. Uh, I'm venturing to guess between Torrell and Hayes. We already saw one, might have been Sam actually, had came out with the rumor that there's a chance that Kevin Hayes will be bought out at the end of next season, at the end of this season, excuse me, uh, if things don't go in the right direction. 
Um, I think that is completely ludicrous. I, I think there's a reason that that rumor has quickly died. I don't think there's any sub, uh, realistic expectations of that. I think this is just two hard-headed players and a coach uh, trying to figure it out. Like, that's really what this comes down to. Uh, it, there was a, a, an amazing, amazing breakdown by NHL Network's EJ, uh, EJ Raddick, Raddick yep. uh, uh, talking about why he was benched and poor play he had against the Devils uh, the night before, two nights before. Go watch that, and you will completely understand why Torts said, F this, I'm scratching him for the third period that night, and I'm t- put benching him for the New York Rangers game. So... But I will at the same time say I did not like his answer saying you guys are trying to pick him against me and me against him. I don't think that's the case. I think you're just trying to seek answers and you got them from the NHL network and EJ Haddock. But like you're trying to get straight from the horse's mouth, mouth basically. Why are you scratching him? What is he doing that you're not liking to let us understand? And you we getting him to fill in the blanks. You're not going to get answers from Torts. I just didn't appreciate his answer saying you guys are trying to pit him against me and me against him. I don't think that's the case. No, I think, I, I, I think that's him stepping up and defending his team. Uh, and I think that's exactly what it is. And I think that's what he has to do to try to deflect it. Like, I'm, your guys are trying to pit me against him. It's not the case. Because what will wind up happening is if he does say something of why that, it's like, oh, he doesn't like how he plays. doesn't like this. doesn't like that. You know how it goes. It, it's, it's, I like how Tortorella will step up and kind of shut things down like that. Because, yeah. There's a lot of things that have to stay internal. Now, if it weren't for the breakdown, you know, on NHL Network of some of the things we were doing, like, you know, not taking the hit, you know, lazy passes across the zone, they go into all that little detail stuff. So you can look at it and say, well, he's got 30 points in the year or whatever. He's their top scorer. It's not the important things. It doesn't matter if you're the, you know, um, it, let's see, it, it's it's not like if, if you're the highest scorer on the worst team in the league, it's like saying you're the, you know, um, I don't know, the shortest player player on the the basketball team doesn't matter like yeah yeah, i had to think about that for a second like you know what i mean like hey look he's you know he's the he's the one of the the tallest guys in the basketball team yeah but if you can't do a slam dunk then then that's a problem itself like it doesn't matter like he if you're not doing the small things if you're not back checking cleanly if you're not you know throwing the body around when you need to and and making checks and closing gaps and doing all that stuff there's a lot of little technicalities you do you have to put into the game and let's be and let's be full disclosure like you and despite at the time kevin hayes was the leading scorer now travis konechny is he's at 32 kevin hayes is at 30 um but also there's not that big of a there's not only not a small a big drop off in point production after Travis connecting and Hayes, but you also have a very even distrib- distribution of points. Farabee, D'Angelo are both at 18, Owen Tippett at 16, Lawton at 15, Morgan Frost at 14. I can go on and on. So like, yeah, you're losing one of your top pr- producers in Kevin Hayes in point production, but the point system, the point makeup is there to stay competitive. And you did. I mean, you stayed competitive against New York. You stayed competitive against the Devils. So, like, I I don't know. It's just, is it frustrating to see him get benched? Yeah, because he's one of your top players, and it swirls in rumors like the one that we read from Sam saying there's a rumor that they might... I I think it was on 32 Thoughts with Elliot Freeman that really drove it, if if I'm not mistaken. There's a chance that this will be a buyout situation. I can't buy into that at this point. I think that's ludicrous. And if it happens, you can't have Chuck Fletcher on this team. I don't think that that would, it would probably happen before. And I'm sure literally it's something where they probably discussed it by hiding the scenes to see if it's something that's worthwhile because it's tying up a lot of cap space, but it'll still top up a lot of cap space 
even if even if they buy him out. That's going to be the problem. So um, so it's not know, worth it. The juice is not worth the squeeze to, if you're trying to clear up cap space by cl- getting Kevin Hayes off your books. It's dead cap money. It's like Carson Wentz when you had to trade him to Indianapolis for the Eagles. Yeah, you still had yeah. all that dead cap. Space. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I don't think that you're going to make these types of moves if you don't think that he's going to be here long term. I, I think that it's not so much because if the cap is flat again next year, because they've talked about the escrow not being paid back in time to the for, to the owner, so the cap is likely going to be flat again next year. Nobody taking that, and the Flyers have a big money coming off their books with. Um, uh jvr coming off this year so um it'll give him a little bit of flexibility to play with but you know a team's gonna want like hey look you have to give us like a hot top pick too to take that money off but i don't think anybody's gonna eat seven million dollars in cap space in a flat cap world they're just not gonna do it it's just hayes is not worth the not worth it bringing this conversation on this episode full circle like this really all depends and this is one of a deep draft like we talk about Connor bedard because he is the shiny object he is the generational talent but there are a lot of really good prospects in this draft. I think there's even a guy named Will Smith in, in this draft. Uh, oh, man. Hopefully, nobody so slaps like, him. Nobody doesn't slap anybody in the face. Right, exactly. <laughs> so they better be, better be nice with his parents, not, not get in any fights, anything like that. But, like, it's just one of those things where you can get a lot, a, a really good prospect, and it pole vaults you, literally could pole vault you from bottom of the basement to playoff contender in a, in a season and a half. I mean, you've been harping on Probably it. two seasons at least. Because like a Crosby, Crosby didn't even make the playoffs yeah, first yeah, season. Took it like, to a second season again. Still, you, it brings fans back that following season. Like 2023, 2024 has the potential to really bring fans back because you finally have they new, that new guy that, whether it's Connor Bedard, Will Smith, whatever, that you're like, oh, this is it. Like, w- this is our new marketing player, whatever the case is. He's the guy, new next captain in eight years, whatever. Like, just make up a number. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. But, like, this is the guy. And you bring fans back because it's attractive. It's great. It's fun. It makes the family – it just makes it fun again for the fan base, and you just go from there. And, yeah, like you said, two years or so, that's when you're playing again or really contending again. I mean, look, Bedard is the biggest name out there, but you also have Adam Fantilli is projected to be, like, an elite NHL player. Yeah, Tevi Michkov from uh, from Russia, you know, protected, you know, projected like to be on the top end thing, and even so, like Leo Carlson from Sweden, he's projected to be like a top you know, tier player. So like, it's not like you're gonna get like a bad pick. And sometimes too, like even think of it this way: if you go back to think about like what the Flyers did with Lindros, they had a Stanley Cup roster that they traded for Eric Lindros. They they traded guys like Peter Forsberg and Mike Ricci and Steve Duchesne and some players like that to get Eric Lindros. And those guys won more cups than him. So like, um, you know, I don't sure if Ricci won off the top of my head, but he might have. Um, but uh, that that's the point I'm, I'm trying to make is that there there are. A lot of players out there that we better a team. It might be if you end up with a player like just say, for instance, like Adam Fantilli, okay, who's going to be rejected an elite center. You also have Cutter Goche is projected to be an elite center. And the the way he's making plays right now, you already solved your center problem. You and that and that at that point, you have a log jam at center because you got Kateria on long term. You'd have this guy, Fantilli at long term, and, and Cutter Goche. Cutter Goche could move out to the wing. To, you could, it, you to, could to put him to that, the way to relieve that that log jam at the center position. If you see all of a sudden an influx of skill base, and you can say, "Oh my God, 
we got to move some players around and a guy like Cutter Gutierrez can, can be that guy. Yeah, but Cutter's got some size. So, I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, you, you, you kind of need, we want that size down the middle there. He's what, uh, you also want he's 6'2". Sure, yes, and but you also want to make sure that he is focused on goal scoring because that's- Oh, 100%. You, you know, 100%. Like, can you imagine, have an offside, off wing with Tippett? Like, that would probably be a pretty good combo with him, Kateria, and Tippett. That would look solid. Like, something, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of skill there. And like- you know, you've seen flashes of from Tippett. You know it's there. He's got 16 points and I think uh, I think 28, 29 games. So you know, he it's it's something along those lines. So he's oh no, he's played 30. So oh, 30, I mean, okay, half a point a game. That's not bad. yeah, that's, that's fine. not bad at all for him. So especially with no no real center to play with. But then like even so, like can imagine that there would be a luxury to have like you know Kevin Hayes and Scott Lawton if you have players like that who start to develop. So that's that's it's it's important for them to get. A great pick. This 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 if they're and gonna they finish this poorly, and they will. But now it's like okay, after this year, and I'll wrap with saying this because we're you know this is probably our last episode of 2022. Come the fall 2023, this team better be ready to make the next step one way or the other. They they really need to because you're gonna have that influx of talent there. You're gonna have that coach behind the net or behind the bench. There's no excuses anymore after this. You fix up, you get Sean Couturier back. You look, Cam Atkinson's probably not going to play this season from what they said. They don't expect him to play. Yeah, which he's is a huge he, blow to Because he's getting yeah. surgery, he's out. He's out for yeah. the season. Yeah, so you don't have that. So you can't worry about Atkinson. You can't worry about um, Ryan Ellis. But you have Couturier coming back at some point. Possibly. Again, we, 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 we haven't really gotten an update on him. I, I'm going, I'm, until we're proven otherwise, I'm going with uh, San Filippo's report that he's not coming back next this season either so you're missing two major pieces in atkinson and couturier now which is not good but no no it's not increases your chances for bedard right and that's what matters and even so but that's the key is that you've entertained but sucky like that's really what this team is this year and like i don't know why we thought it would be any different we got hyped up on our own on our own juice on our own like we drank our own supply trying to get hyped up on this team uh, and we're, we, especially now that Carter Hart's going to be out for X amount of time, we're guessing, just go for Bedard. If it, it doesn't, like, I know Chicago's the worst team right now. Columbus is the worst team right now. But it doesn't matter. As long as you have a chance. I mean, look what happened the year that they got Nolan Patrick. They were not supposed to be the number two pick, and they got the number two pick. So, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's just a matter of do what you can. Win a game or two. I'm not going to care. You're probably going to end up still bottom seven, bottom five if we're really lucky, and you just go from there. Because like, and and it's still somewhat entertaining. Like Tortorella has this team entertaining, and that's where that's what it really matters. So agreed. That, yeah. And at the end of the day, it's all we can do. It's it's entertainment at this point, and you know they're not going anywhere. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like they're going to make the playoffs at this point. You know, I'm not Hockstradamus as right now. <laughs> I have to give him my title again. But but Scott, they were only five points out just two they, weeks they, ago. They, they were. They were. How many points are they out as of today? Let's I take think a 12. Look here. I think they're at 28. Hey, you know what? They're still, you 13. know, look, listen, I, 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 my positivity works like this. Okay. Oh, You're going to understand go. me. My positivity works like Lloyd Christmas. And he asked, he asked Mary, is there so you, how much of a chance here? She goes, one in a million. 
And my thought is, so you're saying there's a chance. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got a yeah. liar, liar, liar. No, dumb and dumber. Dumb and Listen, dumber. Mary Swanson was... said there's a one in a million chance. I believe there's a one in a million chance, even oh, though there's still Okay, I am 42, sorry, listeners, if you're still listening. 13 you... points out of a playoff spot. My God. All right, that's it. We're going to wrap this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, happy holidays. Hopefully, Merry Christmas. Hopefully, Carter Hart is okay by the time you're listening to this you might know more information than we do as you're listening so bear with that um we'll see what happens good luck enjoy the holidays happy new year follow us on twitter facebook instagram tiktok all that good stuff orange back check podcast orange back check podcast at gmail.com if you have a question or you want to contribute to the flyers mailbag questions all that good stuff let us know until next time we'll talk to you dear santa all I want for Christmas is a new general manager. <laughs> yes, he finally said it. <laughs> <laughs>